In this episode of 2000 Books, Susan Roan teaches us how to make meaningful, long-term connections with people who we have just met for the first time. Well, hello, hello, my ambitious friends, and welcome to 2000 Books, where we bring you the most important actionable ideas from the world's greatest books for ambitious entrepreneurs. Books in the field of startups, marketing, sales, productivity, management, leadership, strategy, self-help, and much more. And I'm your host, Manny Vile. Susan Ruan has sold over 1.2 million copies of her best-selling book, How to Work a Room, The Ultimate Guide to Making Lasting Connections in Person and Online. This book has been around for 25 years. Susan is a keynote speaker and has spoken at Fortune 500 companies like Apple, Intel, Pfizer, Coca-Cola. Susan, I'm really excited to be chatting with you today. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm really delighted to be here with you. I'm excited to talk about your book, uh, and let's jump right into it. How to Work a Room. What is your story? How did you get here? What, give us a brief overview of what led you to write this book, and what was your story behind this or before well, this? Well, number one, I am a school teacher by trade at San Francisco, where I taught, laid off 1,200 teachers due to budget issues, and I was one of them. So what I did when all my friends were calling saying, what could I do? What could I do? I actually designed one of the original career change for teacher workshops. And someone heard me on the radio talking about it and said, oh, could you write a, a career series column? And that was for the San Francisco Examiner. And I honestly said yes and went home and got sick to my stomach. Oh, what did I say yes to? But I'm going to tell you, the saying yes for those of us who... And I didn't even think of myself as an entrepreneur at that time. But saying yes opens up doors. Um, I didn't know what can of worms I was opening up the door to. But it turned out that it became my business, designing that workshop. And Manny, I didn't go to do something to make buckets of money and be a millionaire. I went to design a workshop to help all my colleagues and myself make that career change And then I thought I'd go out and get a job. But when we were finished being on the nonprofit status, <clears throat> I had 100 people on a waiting list. And I had a femtor. She said she couldn't be a mentor. <laughs> say to me, my dear, you have 100 people on a waiting list. That means you have a business. You must come with me Monday night to Women Entrepreneurs to hear the fabulous speaker, Patricia Fripp. And Manny, I did. Because when people who love and adore you, who have your best interest at heart, have an idea and make a suggestion to you, you say yes. And the rest is history. But the, now let me tell you about the book. The book I, I wrote for three years. I brought in other people. If I heard a speaker speak on a topic, I'd go up to him and say, could you write that in 750 words and I'll help you? Because I was the outside coordinator for the series as well. So we had a range of topics for three years and I wrote a lot of the articles. And one day I went to a writing workshop and my dear friend Judith Bryles, who's the founder of Author You, said she held up one of my columns in front of 30 people and said, Suze, you can really write How to Work a Room Should Be a Book. Ah, so that was an article you had written in a newspaper? I Yes, we had a series of articles. I was speaking about it. I wrote a little something about it. But she even picked up one of my other articles and said, 
you know, because I wrote on mentorship, I wrote on the concept of networking, I wrote on the concept of really RSVP and show up. I mean, I did a lot of things, how to be at a, attend a convention. But what she saw is that I could write. And she was an author. And she, she saw the book in it. And then she introduced me to her agent. So you see, it wasn't something I thought, but I was, I would want to say, smart enough that I took a writing workshop and someone saw it in me, and I paid attention. So, you know, if you want to write a book, go to Author You. Go to where authors hang out, because you never know. And that's the theme of my life. You never know. So we always have to show up and have our antenna up and say yes. Wow. And this was 25 years ago. This book has been around for a very long time. Yes. In fact, the newest edition is the silver anniversary edition because I believe in celebrating milestones. And I approached Harper, my, Harper Morrow, my, um, my publisher, and said, it's time to redo the book. And the last version was in 2007. And oh, I had LinkedIn in there and Facebook. And I think I even mentioned Twitter because I live in San Francisco. So I knew about it. But I knew that so much had changed in seven years that there were so many new rooms to work and many of them online that I needed to do something that would address the current situation and some of the problems and answer some questions. So it was really interesting rewriting for the fourth time my book and updating it. And I'm glad I did. Wow. So uh, Susan, let's talk about, let's talk more about the book. Let's, let's get into it a little bit. Give us like a 10,000 feet overview of the book. Tell, tell us the big picture. What, what are we going to learn on this book? What, what is the flow of the book like? The book is, you know, the concept of how to work a room is really how do you socialize, whether for business or personal? How do you walk into those rooms full of strangers or a lot of people you don't know whether it's a conference, a meeting, a fundraiser, a party, a wedding, a reunion, um, you know, a trade show, how do you walk in and meet people you don't know and come out with a positive experience, contacts that you met that would you'd want to follow up with? And I just not to sound like a you know a charlatan, but how to have a good time? Because having a good time at an event and going with that mindset, Manny means actually people will really want to talk to you because no one goes over and says, oh, there's a sour, unhappy person I want to meet. So the <laughs> overview is how do we expand our circle? How do we be a person people want to meet and remember? And how do we prepare? This is so much about preparing for any group event that we have to go to. You know, they say that the number one fear is the fear of speaking. Well, not all of us give a speech. Every single one of us walks into a new situation with people they don't know. And this book is about making sure that it's a good experience for you. Got it. And there are a lot of strategies and specific pieces of advice in the book that talk about how to work this room, how to make that connection. So let's let's jump into it. What are the three most important ideas when it comes to working a room or how to work a room? Yeah, number one is... Don't just walk into the room. What you do, and we're so lucky in this set of times, is you prepare. Before you go anywhere, what you do is you, we can go online, LinkedIn, Facebook, Google, Bing. You can do some research so you're not walking into a room cold. You can go to people's websites or groups 
events websites. Nowadays, even brides and grooms have their own websites. <laughs> I know, it's That's like true. they want to tell you what to buy for them. But there's no reason to go into any place where you don't know anyone or anything about the event. So we're at a very lucky stage because we can do this research. So we prepare, but we have to prepare not just so we feel comfortable. We can also prepare conversation. I know this is going to sound so old-fashioned. Read a newspaper. Everything you want to make conversation about to sound interesting and well-informed is in a local or national newspaper. I don't care if you read it online, if you read it curated. I read the Besides reading three print newspapers and two online papers, every day I read um, 10 Things You Have to Know Today from theweek.com so that you can talk to anyone. When you feel that you can talk to anyone about any item or thing going on in the world or your community, you're going to feel more confident. So I think the number one thing is you prepare and you prepare your attitude. Go everywhere. And I just said it, but go everywhere to have a good time. So that's the first strategy. No, this is this is really important what you said. I think well, people might not even have heard it to to prepare your attitude and to go with the right attitude because nobody wants to talk to someone who's uh, who feels like they're they don't have something, they're looking for something and they're they're not in a giving mindset but more like a taking mindset. That's not that's not a good strategy. When you're saying prepare your attitude, you're saying let's go with the best possible positive attitude to go in the room. Exactly. You will hear other people talk about working a room as networking. They're two different things. The ability to work a room is the ability to circulate, mingle, socialize, like what we would do at a party. Networking is the follow-up that we have to do to take those contacts and people we've met, stay in touch, and build them into our circles or network, whatever you want to call it. Um, there are some people that make a lot of networking mistakes, and there are people that make grievous social mistakes. Um, there are people that will go up and interrupt in a conversation with two people. There will be people who will get in a circle of people and change the subject to their agenda. People don't come to an event to help you realize your agenda. So there's a lot of etiquette involved, a lot of common sense involved, but the attitude is, I'm going there to meet people. You can't just go there to say, oh, these people I must have because they can do a lot for me. You're very right. You have to think of before you even go, and I'm glad you brought this up, prepare yourself to think of what do I have to offer other people mm -hmm. in that room. Yep. Who do I know? What do I know? Where am I connected? It's a give and take. That's right. So we have to have the bigger, like the more... Um, the bigger interest at heart rather than just being going selfishly and trying to say, okay, this is my agenda and let me work it because that will be a failure in many ways. <laughs> have you ever met someone, and I have at events, that you know they're on an agenda and you're yes. going like, oh my God. You want to run away from them. And I actually strangle is a good one, but I think it's illegal. But I <laughs> thought of that. There are too many people that are listening to the sales gurus who tell them how to behave, and that's actually bad advice. If you go, and this is what I wrote in actually Secrets of Savvy Networking, but I'll repeat it here, and this is a strategy. I just put it in How to Work a Room as well. The other um, idea is if you go to every event and treat the people there as people and not as prospects, 
you stand a better chance of making connections and establishing rapport and building them into your network. Ah, now how do we do that? Because this is so key. This is really important here. Uh, there are so many times when we walk into a room and we realize all of these are prospects. We could sell to all of them because they are all looking for our service. Now, what needs to be like, what distinctions do we need to make in our minds to make sure that we don't get into the mode of trying to think of them as prospects and but still think of them as people what what needs to happen well, number one everyone listening is now going to be disabused of the notion that we treat people like we can sell to them the reality is we could look everywhere i go everyone can buy a book everyone can recommend a book not everyone can hire me to speak for their company but they can talk about me as a speaker to someone who might but if I treat them like they could do that, it's a turnoff. So what you want to do is think of how you feel when you're somewhere and someone's selling to you instead of making conversation and getting to know you. Um, there is a school of thought, and unfortunately it was from the wonderful Dale Carnegie, ask people a lot of questions and get them to talk about themselves, their favorite subject. In my books, I say don't do that. If you ask too many questions... We think, A, you're nosy, B, you're an interrogator, and C, that you don't know how to make conversation because if you did, you wouldn't be asking a lot of questions. You'd be sharing as well. Conversation has three facets. It is asking questions, it's making observations, and it's revealing. But the underscore to all that, Manny, is people tell us what they want to talk about. We must listen. But if all you're doing is listening and not contributing, you're not in a conversation. You want people to walk away and say, it was interesting talking to you. But if you say nothing and just ask questions, that's not interesting. That's like, oh, my God, what do you want to know for? Do you work for the IRS or for the FBI? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's right. So there's a balance here. There is a balance. Ask questions. Bring in your stories. Here's another point I make in the book that I think is important, and that is, People connect with stories. The facts of what you have to sell and do really don't mean anything. But if you can come up with a story, and it could even be a story about your dog, your kid, your mother, your neighbor, something that people relate to, how long it took you to find a parking space and blah, blah, blah. It's the little things that connect us because those are the things we have in common. And I know people don't like that. There are people, and I want all of the people listening to know that Small talk is actually the biggest talk you can do. Please do a 180-degree shift away from the thought that small talk is insignificant. It's the small details. I find out that you also like lacrosse, and I have a cousin who plays lacrosse, and then there's a conversation. Or we're both fans of Bette Midler. I just went to her concert the other night, and I, we have a conversation about that. It might be little things, but it's the little things that show us something about the person, how we can connect with them. I'm originally from Chicago. I talk to people about pizza, deep dish pizza. <laughs> yeah. People are going, really? That's a conversation? Yeah. Try two people, one from New York, one from Chicago, and you get in the thin crust versus thick crust battle. It's the little things. It's the human things. Then you segue, but you establish the rapport in the commonalities that you have. 
well, this is great, Susan. We must treat people like people and not as prospects. But I'm I'm sensing that there is a question in our listener's mind. What happens when they are in a situation where someone is a prospect? Maybe they are an investor. Maybe they are someone who could potentially be a partner or a client, who could be a customer, who could be someone who could really help move their business forward. How do we approach that? How do we balance this out? How do we balance our intention of uh, trying to uh, ha- create a business deal with that person, but at the same time, having the intention of just treating them like a person and not try to uh, force our agenda too much? How do we go about this? Seems like it's a delicate balance and uh, tell us about it. Okay. Well, there are so many times that there are people we need to meet and that's and they're sometimes called the VIPs. Let's just call that. I call them Hoonas. What you do is if you can ask someone who might know them to introduce you, but what you do when you see them because you know you want to meet them, it is perfectly okay to go over to them and there will be other people. If they're a big kahuna for you, they're a big kahuna for other people. You can get into their um, circle and at the appropriate time you say I have been meaning to meet you I have heard so much about you I'm such a fan of or I read that and there is a way to introduce yourself that you are I guess show the deference but show the interest they didn't come there to buy your stuff I mean you have to understand that nobody goes anywhere to realize their agenda so this is where your opportunity is to meet the person, have a face-to-face, and then say, I would so much like to stay in touch with you, and always use the language of good manners, and get their permission. It's the permission marketing. Um, I hope it would be okay with you if I followed up. Now, rarely will someone say, actually, no, I don't want you to. They might say, they might say, oh, um, well, here, you get in touch with my assistant. So that may be how they handle it. But it's fair to go over to the people you need and want to meet. Don't expect them to spend the whole evening with you listening to your sales pitch. This is just for you to have the face-to-face, make the contact, so that you can follow up with them or whomever their designated follow-up person is And then, this is the magic of the entrepreneurs who succeed. You follow up in a timely fashion doing what you said you were going to do when you said you were going to do it. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. So let's let's now, since we've talked about some of the most, like, the big picture meta strategies, of how to work a room. Let's talk, let's talk specifics. Let's talk about what are the three actionable pieces of advice, three homeworks or three things that people can do to work a room. Okay. Number one, before you go into any room, you've done your homework, which I said earlier, prepare your self introduction. How are you going to introduce yourself in that room? Because you're not going to introduce yourself at your local community, rotary, professional association meeting the same way you're going to introduce yourself when the group is potential client-based or if you go to a conference or if you're traveling and you go to one of the big tech conferences. How are you going to introduce yourself? So every introduction has to be customized for the group. Why? Because you need to give people context for why you're there. 
uh, the three aspects of a self-introduction. First of all, it is not an elevator speech. Um, an elevator speech may be fine, but I would even suggest don't use it in an elevator. In an elevator, have some impromptu, interesting thing to say, but going on and on about yourself for 15 or 30 seconds, that's not an introduction. What you want to do is have a seven to nine second pleasantry self-introduction that is key to the event, that is also gives a, a benefit of what you do, as my friend Patricia Fripp said, give people a benefit so that they can ask the next question, oh, what does that mean? Oh, I might say I turn people into mingling mavens or I <laughs> turn people into, you know, social wizards and someone might, what does that mean? And then I can say, oh, well, I wrote the book How to Work a Room and the Secrets of Savvy Networking and I help people uh, navigate the the muddy and, and oftentimes tragic waters of, of working a room. And I say it with a smile in my voice because I want people to feel that they can smile back and that it's fun to talk to me. But when you give your title, well, my title is, that's boring. It doesn't tell anyone anything. But if you tell the benefit of what you do to that person, then they already understand how you will benefit them. So you have those three aspects. It's seven to nine seconds, it's key to the event, and it's the benefit of what you do. So that's one of the strategies that we tell people. In terms of conversation, you read the newspaper. I don't care if you read it on your Apple Watch or your Dick Tracy Watch. I don't care. But you go through, even if you read a curator, and I do read a couple of news curators, come up with three to five subjects that are whirling around in that informational universe so that you can have something to talk about if the conversation gets stalled. So you have conversation backup. And here's the most important point, to know that most people in the room, almost 90%, self-identify as shy, according to the shyness research. So that if you walk into a room and you're uncomfortable, know that most of the people in that room feel the same way and they would welcome your conversation. So how you get into a group that's already formed, that's one of the strategies. If you walk into an event and everyone's already in a group, then you've walked in too late. What shy people do is they come within 15 minutes of the appointed hour so that they're already in the room and they don't have to walk into a room full of people. People walk in, pass them, say hello, and it's easier for them. So that's one strategy. If you want to get into an already formed group, stand in the periphery. When someone looks your way, etc., you can step in and you don't change the subject to your agenda you continue on with the conversation and then you can add in the middle of one of your sentences something that reflects what you do to see if anyone connects with that. So that's how you get into a conversation. And another another woman told me who was in one of my programs, she said she stands on the periphery and when there's a moment of silence, she'll say, may I please join you? And she said, no one's ever said no. And then she steps into the group. So even just asking permission to join means you're welcomed into the group and you're not excluded. So those are some of the tips. How to Work Room has many more. My website has a lot of free material. But the idea is go to events when the invitation comes, look at your calendar, RSVP, say yes, and then show up. 
don't RSVP and then not go because people will talk about you. That's right. And uh, that's where I was going to go right after this conversation, which is how can people find more about you? How can they get more of your services, programs and stuff like that? Well, it's very easy. It's either howtoworkaroom.com or susanroan.com and that's S-U-S-A-N-R-O-A-N-E.com. And you can, even if you have a question after listening to me and you wonder, oh my gosh, I've had this problem, how do I handle it? Or I've had this situation happen. You can email me, susan at susanroan.com. And if it's a burning question and you need an answer immediately, 415-461-3915. It won't be my consulting fee, but we can certainly take five minutes and solve a problem. But if you want to hire me to speak, that's the number. Got it. And all that information is right here on your website so people can find you when they're looking for the next keynote speaker or uh, when they want to talk about how to work a room. Absolutely. And, you know, this is the other thing we say to entrepreneurs. You know, it's a business. So it's not just that we have our thing that we do. We also run a business. And I love to support other entrepreneurs as well. Absolutely. And you have been in business for 35 years now, so you are a proven entrepreneur. I know. And I'm celebrating next month, 35 years. And I would honestly say I'm an accidental entrepreneur because I went from being a laid off school teacher and who knew I had a business. And more importantly, I never had a business class. So what I've done is taken classes, belong to organizations that help me, And the truth is how lucky our audience is that they have this podcast to listen to. This is like taking a class that I wish I would have had all those years ago. Yes, definitely. Uh, Thank you very much, Suzanne, for your time and energy today. Well, you are welcome. Thank you. And good luck to all our listeners. Thank you. So you just listened to a great interview, but how much of it will you really remember two weeks from now? Edgar Dale's research, also known as the cone of learning, has shown that two weeks after, we retain as little as 10% of what we read. But that retention of knowledge goes up to 90% if we take action on these ideas. So it's really important that you take action on what you've just learned as soon as possible. And the best way to do it is to text the word summary S-U-M-M-A-R-Y to the number 44222 and you can get the free summary and action guide of this book right away. So have you ever wanted to sit down with a really successful entrepreneur and ask him to tell you real war stories of how he got from zero to first tail to $100 to $1,000, $10,000 to $1 million, $10 million, $100 million, or even a billion dollars? That's what my friend Andrew Warner is doing at Mixergy, and I absolutely love it. He has interviewed some of the biggest names in the startup world, founders of Dropbox, Wikipedia, Udemy, Airbnb, Groupon, and a lot more. So Andrew really loves to drill into the details of his interviews. For example, when he was interviewing the co-founder of Udemy, Gagan Bayani, Andrew really drilled into how Gagan helped Udemy get traction. Why did they fail for a whole summer to get any customers? How did they find a partnership? How did they make their first major sale using a live event? Why did they only break even after the event? What exactly did they do after the live event so that they got real traction? What were the exact steps? This is what I love. 
and you have to check out Mixergy at Mixergy.com to get all the details. There are over 1,000 interviews and courses in every imaginable startup topic. Now, Mixergy's annual membership is $399, but for this launch of 2,000 books, Andrew has been very kind to give away three annual Mixergy memberships, and you can win one of those three annual Mixergy memberships worth $399 each. Just head on over to 2000books.com launch, and you will have all the details as to how to enter the launch contest. By the way, a lot of you have asked me as to how I'm able to absorb seven books a week. Well, I do read a lot, but a lot of my learning happens as a result of listening to audiobooks while I'm working out, driving, running, doing errands, all sorts of things. So it is a great way to use my extra time. And if you want to use your extra time by listening to a great audiobook for free, head on over to 2000books.com free and sign up for an Audible subscription. The first book is free and you can cancel anytime. So 2000books.com free.